Moncrief on News Talk. Uh, we've all been there, that moment when you excitedly swing open the fridge door, ready to indulge in your favourite cheese, only to come out with the disheartening sign of a mould invasion. The question that inevitably pops into your mind is, can you just trim around the mouldy bits and then savour the rest? Hard to tell the truth. But here to tell the truth, Kevin Sheridan from Sheridan's Cheesemongers uh, joins me online. Kevin, how are you today? I'm fabulous, Tom. Thanks very much for joining us. I wouldn't have thought there was a huge amount in it if you opened the cheese, opened the fridge and there's a piece of cheese with a bit of mould on it. Uh, I wouldn't have seen that as life-threatening, Kevin. Not at all, not at all. No, I mean, there's mould everywhere. There's microorganisms everywhere. They're important to us. They help us exist. They're in our stomach, they're on our skin. They're in the the soil. They're everywhere. And uh, they'll take opportunities to multiply ones that like cheese and other foods. And they'll set up shops, you know, and uh, start to grow. Right. Well, I just, I, I, I wasn't worried, but then I saw this article that was handed to me as part of the brief and it said, um, some of the advice, don't sniff the mouldy item. This can cause respiratory trouble. Uh, if the food is covered with mould, discard it, put it into a small paper bag or wrap it in plastic and dispose of it in a covered trash can that children and animals can't get in. <laughs> I've heard when nuclear waste we've got rid yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, carefully. we're talking about could do. Like, so, so some of the blue molds, and blue mold strains that you'll find on your bread, say, and we're all familiar with mouldy bread, <clears throat> or on the surface of your bit of cheddar that's not meant to be there, you know, that's come as invaded while in your fridge, while in your home, as opposed to introduced by the cheesemaker. There's a few, there's quite a few different strains of them. A couple of them can produce a type of toxin. But you'd need to consume so much of it, you know, to make you sick. Um, that probably just the consumption of that much food will make you sick in the first place. Um, so it's it's one of those things, you know, when you say theoretically, if you, you know, the spores of blue mode, obviously that's why they're telling you not to breathe it in, but you have to breathe in so much of it. Right. So it's a okay. bit overdone. Really, All right, well, I, I can carry on. Clean the refrigerator or pantry of the spot where the food was stored. <laughs> Check nearby items the mouldy food may have touched. No, totally over the top, totally over the top. I mean, the spores do travel around and so they are spoilage, you know, they will get onto your bread and stuff and they make it maybe not taste as nice. And so we don't want those particular strains of blue mold around our kitchen. So for sure, wipe it up, you know, but I think we can relax about it. So a little bit, a little bit, should you eat it, won't do you any any real harm. Not a bit of it, no. No, and, no. and if you chop off the bits that are there, the rest is going yeah, to be fine. Just scrape it off, particularly on harder cheeses or harder food items. So molds right. have roots, so they grow down into the food. And the harder, the drier that food is, the less they can penetrate. Right. Um, so the softer the food is, like fruit and stuff, they'll tend to get down in, into it. So on a hard food product, you can just scrape it off. In something softer, you'll probably have to cut it out. All right. Um, I did see a mention also of... Um, a little bit of mould in bread, particularly in softer bread. Is, th- is that in the same boat? Is that same, safe enough? Same. You know, these are just, yeah, you know, it's not going to taste nice anyway. You know, that sort of, just the, that's the particular strain of mould that you get on bread. It tastes kind of dusty and stuff. So you're not going to be wanting to eat it. So just cut it all. I mean, obviously you've got a piece of bread covered in blue mould. You're not going to be eating it, I don't think. Um, but then, you know, Penicillin Rock 40, which is the blue mould in, in most blue cheeses named after Rock 4, is grown, it originates from being grown on rye bread. It's a particular strain of, of mould that was grown on rye bread. And that's reintroduced to the milk 
in the cheese in the first place and then encouraged to grow inside of cheese, which we all find delicious, of course. Right. Um, I have to say that uh, in the old days when my mother would have found a little bit of mould, she just wouldn't have told us. Uh, she would have yeah. folded it into the inside of the sandwich, <laughs> said nothing to anyone. No harm. No harm. Yeah. And it's all about biodiversity as well, I suppose, microbiodiversity. You know, we need to be exposed to to a, a diverse range. If we, if we go into a hyper-clean uh, mode, you know, killing all bacteria, mold, viruses, then that's that's actually the thing that's going to be really bad for us because we'll have no exposure and we won't be able to defend ourselves. Right. Before we just tell everyone there's nothing to worry about, relax, um, yeah, well, put away the pressure hose. worst things. <laughs> yes. Are there any molds that we should be concerned about? I did hear a mention of red ones. No, no. <clears throat> like, I have never heard of a case of food poisoning from mold. All right. There you go. You know, know, so no, there's no need. I'm sure there is. It is possible. I'm sure people have got, but people have also, you know, got injured from, you know, walking up the street. You know, it's, 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 it's just the risk level is so low that it's, you know, I'll tell you, there's a lot more dangers in processed food and and other things. Yeah. There's so many dangers out there. I think a bit of cheese in the fridge would be the last of them that you need to really be be worrying about too much. But I did. It's our friend. It is our friend. It is our friend. Um, I did see in the advice about it that you should keep it in the crisping drawer. What is a crisping drawer? Crisping drawer is the bottom drawer. It's the bottom drawer drawer. in your, yes, where you'd keep lettuce and stuff like that. I think you've got to understand what a fridge is first. People sometimes think fridges are these magical boxes, you know, that that have some sort of ability to preserve food in of themselves. All they are are areas that keep temperature lower. And by keeping temperature lower, you're inhibiting the growth of of microflora, so molds and yeasts and bacteria. So they just, because it's chilly, they don't multiply much, you know, they're just kind of hanging out, so they don't multiply. And so that preserves our food for longer. Uh, But one of the side effects of how a fridge works is it sucks moisture out of the air within the fridge. So you'll notice if you put a bit, again, a bit of cheddar in your fridge and you don't wrap it up, it'll start to crack and dry out. And that's because the moisture is being sucked out of the atmosphere. So I suppose a crisping drawer, as you describe it, yes. is, going, <laughs> is going to have a little bit more humidity. Yeah. And so the cheese isn't going to dry out. But the same effect, you know, likely wrapped in some wax paper will do the same thing for you. You yeah. really just don't want to smother the cheese. So you don't want to wrap them like you can them really tightly. Or some people say put them in like a, a lunchbox or, you know, one of those boxes. And that's terrible, terrible thing to do, particularly for cheeses that have a living rind, you know, uh, a, a yeasty or mouldy or or bacteria uh, rind, smothering them will not be good for them and produce nasty flavours. Right. Um, I was particularly taken by the crisping drawer uh, because <laughs> <laughs> it's far away from where we keep the cheese in our fridge, as you could imagine. So yeah. I, I really, it did seem like a bit of a breakthrough. And also my wife thinks that the th- things that go in the crisping drawer actually last forever. Um, and yeah, often well, takes out a piece of lettuce to show people. Look at that. I bought that in 1962, she'll say to people. <laughs> the problem so, could be the lettuce, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, the worst thing that happened in life is when you get home from shopping, discover there is one blue orange in the net you didn't notice in the shop, uh, and you yeah. just know the checkout staff so, so I've never saw you. Is that dangerous? No, but it's, it's, it's really annoying, isn't it? You know, it's not dangerous, no, but it's just wow. those oranges just don't taste good and it spreads very fast. No, you know, I think uh, powdery blue yeah. mold. Point, it's not dangerous. It's no, just annoying. Just pointing the finger of blame at the person who bought the net of oranges in the first yes. place. Sorry, check more the carefully. Observant. Yes. Uh, the, people are very taken by the fact that penicillin is mentioned in this. That sounds like it would actually be very good for you. 
so, so there's so many families of moles and one of those really large families is penicillin. And then penicillin is a product of one strain of that penicillin, of which there are thousands. Okay, so it's, it's you know, you're talking like the diversity within the world of mold fungi is so huge. Um, so one particular strain of penicillin can produce penicillin, which can act as an antibacterial, um, which of course, you know, keeps us healthy. Right, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. Um, but nothing got to do with, I said, penicillin rock forty or or the white mold on camber, yeah. penicillin camberti or penicillin candeman. They're just the you know the, the family names like canine, you know, uh, for dogs. Sure. And then you might have a Jack Russell, and you might have an Alsatian. Right. And there's even a lot more variety in there when you, when it comes to fungi. Right. This is no end to things you can talk about when it comes to cheese, Kevin. Isn't there's it? not. I could keep you here a long time, Tom. <laughs> I feel I feel we've mentioned the cheese, the the, the moles that you should cut away, but um, there is still the moles that are supposed to be there in the first place. We we are yeah. we are becoming increasingly accepting of them in Ireland, aren't we? I still have family members yeah. who run a mile, but most of us are well into our blue cheese at this point, aren't we? Yeah, and again, like I said, it's not, we recognise the blue cheese as mould because that's our kind of, you know, what we, we recognise mould because we find it on our bread, like you said, and on our on our mandarin oranges as a sort of blue, dusty mould. Uh, whereas the white on a camembert is also a mould, it's just a different colour. So you can get all sorts of different colours on of moulds, you know, yellows and pinks and beautiful colours. And one of them is blue. And that particular strain, like I said, Pencil Rock 40 and there's a couple of other strains are used in blue cheese. Somebody discovered a long time ago that when this blue mould is put into, into cheese, it's, it helps the flavour. And the interesting thing about blue cheese is we often think of it as when I'm eating a bit of blue cheese, I'm sort of, it's like eating a, a chilli cheese. You know, I'm eating cheese and chilli or herb and garlic cheese, but it's not. The blue mold, when you're tasting blue cheese, the flavour, the beautiful flavour that you're getting is not directly a result of tasting the blue mold. It's how that mold is interacted with the fats and proteins within the cheese. It has ripened the cheese around it, has changed its texture, released flavour compounds. So in the same way as the white mold on the surface of camembert softens up that cheese and releases different uh, flavour compounds, the same thing is happening except it's from the inside out. Um, but yeah, you're right. We're 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 just loosening up about it. I suppose as we're exposed to it a bit more, you know, our only experience of blue mold growing up was for me and you, our generation was something nasty on a bit of bit of bread. Yeah. Whereas now we're seeing how important it is. And then we've got lots of fermented foods, and you know, because microflora are so you know we can't have wine or beer without yeah. microflora, you know. And if you're into it these days, kimchi and all sorts of things. Um, so fermentation, making yeast bread, it's all part of of using these microflora uh, to develop flavours and textures. Um, and they're very useful fellows. I think when you said you could talk about cheese all day, I th- Kevin, I think I, I could listen to you talking about cheese all day. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about the blue cheese in particular, I, I found myself wondering, was there a bottle of wine in the studio? <laughs> so, <laughs> or a glass uh, of porter, Tom. You know. port, yeah, I'll give that a go. I'll give that a yeah, go. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's all safe, I think it really is the main thing. In yeah, the, it's all you'd... safe. And it's more than safe, it's positive, you know. Diversity of microflora is really important in all seriousness, you know, yeah. as we discover more and more how our gut, you know, how our whole body works, how our, how it impacts on our, our health, our mental health, 
you know, within our body, there's so much microflora going on, and to be exposed and to to have introduced more diversity of microflora is really important. And we live in a, you know, we talk about sort of a biodiversity crisis in relation yeah. to plants and animals. The same thing with our food mm. around microbes. You know, we're not getting this diversity that we need. Okay, well, that's fabulous. No, I'll be taking steps as soon as I can, Kevin. But uh, thank you very much yeah, for joining us. <laughs> yes, Kevin <laughs> Sheridan there from Sheridan's Cheese Muggers. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.